Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Debrief, episode two. I'm Airman Jantz, and as always, I'm joined by the 97th Air Mobility Wing Command Team, Colonel Blaine Baker and Chief Cesar Flores. Uh, and we have a special guest on this second episode of the podcast, Senior Airman Scotty Shoemaker. Uh, he does know. He's he's on this podcast today. <laughs> he has to be here. He got called out last time. We called him out, didn't we, Chief? We did. Sure yeah, but gentlemen, thank you again. We made it through episode one. We're on episode two. Uh, I'd like to start off today. Uh, how are you guys doing? Fantastic. I mean, we've uh, had a chance to, you know, get out there, be with our team. We've been, our team has been just flying the socks off of the flight line and really pushing it on the mission side. So like we always say, from the chow line to the firing line, to the flight line, everybody has been getting after it in a major way, and that's awesome. So uh, no time to waste to didn't deliver. Didn't we, did we have record. a record-breaking week last we week, We did, sir? 139 sorties. So we went back mm -hmm. and looked at the last five years, and the last five years have been really busy, probably busiest in Altus history, even though we've always been busy. But, yeah, 139 sorties is far and away a record. So we're really proud of the team. But it's not just because we did 139 sorties. We graduated 48 air crew members, which is a big number, okay. and it's about delivering air power for America. So that's what we're getting after. It was awesome. That's great. It was a good week. And you had a good week. You're doing some executive development. Yeah, I went to this leading strategically course in Colorado Springs. The weather was phenomenal. Got to go hike at least once, and now happy to be back. Uh, spent the weekend in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, my hometown, and got some good feedback. This this show has permeated down there already. And uh, of course, the same, me and the boss talk about the same four people give us great feedback no matter what. But mm -hmm. I have a best friend, his name's Edgar. He said, Hey, I listened to the podcast. It's actually really good. <laughs> and I appreciate that because he would have told me if it, if it stunk or not. So uh, shout out, uh, Edgar. Shout out to Edgar. <laughs> shout but out. You, but you got to tell what the real highlight of your week in weekend was. Oh, no. He sir, hasn't said it yet. You got to say it. I finally went to the dark side and bought a Tesla. Yeah, I got oh, a Tesla. Model 3. And it's everything about? that I thought so and more. Yeah. Is, is that the dark side, though? Like, come on. Compared to the previous? Well, he's moved away from, he's moved away from combustion. Yeah. So <laughs> he and combustion, they had a bit of a falling out. So yes. you're, you're in the EV side. EV you seem side. happy. You seem very happy. Oh, I'm very happy. My son, Giovanni, uh, he, he's a combustion kind of person mm -hmm. and he despised my tesla but he rode back with me this weekend he recently uh -huh. moved out but he rode back with me this weekend and uh, by the time we got back to altus proper he was a believer he said okay dad i, I gotta admit i i really like this tesla uh, yeah i changed my mind completely so yeah. take that combustion we, <laughs> absolutely we gotta we gotta see where uh where are where are you where the young ones among us uh like uh, scotty shoemaker here are on this whole combustion EV thing and maybe what you had going on this weekend. Oh, my weekend was excellent and I'm doing excellent. Yep. I got to connect with an old friend this weekend, somebody who I haven't talked to in a while. Went out to Lawton, just hung out, got some lunch, just got to reconnect. And something that I needed, something that they needed, right? Just to kind of get some perspective from each other. And I think we left that uh, with some much needed perspective. Nice. Did so. you see any Teslas while you're out there though? No, but my uh, my boss has one, so I see it every every Monday <laughs> oh, to Friday. My boss does so too. Boss yeah. <laughs> mm. 
Robinson, uh, Robinson, Robinson Stone announces car club. Yeah, clearly, Tesla, so. the Tesla club. That's great. What do you drive, Scotty? I drive an Elantra. Oh, nice. I'm more on the economic side. Yeah, I get, I'll, I'll get Especially with day. gas going up right now. <laughs> yeah. I'll get there one day, though. Yeah, this this will, this will lead you. These these gas hikes will lead you to to really ponder your decisions. And for now, Chief, you're you're sitting you're sitting pretty. Good, yeah. good choice. Perfect timing good choice. too. <laughs> Excellent timing. Yeah, but uh, hey, there was a reason we brought on Airman Shoemaker, um, and. One, one, one of those reasons is you recently were awarded Airman of the Year on Altus Air Force Base. Uh, I'd love to get, um, you know, both, both the command teams and your perspective on, you know, why do you believe you got it? And then your guys' perspective, you know, why, why was he deserving of the award? Yeah. Well, you first. What do you think? Congratulations again. Yeah, congrats. Thank you. So it's a big deal. Well, First things first, I gotta acknowledge the external factors, right? Gotta come from a place of gratitude first, and I gotta just be grateful for the people that I have around me, right? That goes leadership, that goes friends, that goes mentors, even to my teammates, right? To my troops. Um, I gotta be thankful for landing here, right? Being in the job I had, being at the, uh, this base right here. A lot of things had to go right for me to get that award right, or even get put up for that award. So, I mean, it's all about the people that are around you that help you and develop you to get to that place. And I gotta acknowledge that first, just to come from a, a sentiment of gratefulness. And then uh, looking inside, just that drive, right? And just, uh, all starts with a mindset and all starts with perspective, right? And I was raised and still with values to always apply myself to always reach for the moon, right? And um, is there anything specific you want to know besides that? Uh, you know, I I was going to get into this later, but uh, I'd love... Because there's a lot of threads yeah. we could pull. I'm just yeah. not sure which one Well, wanna... here, yeah. let, let's go back to... Uh, we kind of gave our origin stories mm -hmm. last episode. Uh, one thing I wanted to get from you is when did you join and why did you join? Okay, I joined in 2017, right? And there really, I wasn't too sure what I was gonna do, what my options were back home, right? So I got introduced to the Air Force around the time I was a sophomore in high school. My uncle, he was in the Air Force and he's retired. He's uh, by Lackland, by Randolph right now. And my mom brought the idea to me and I was completely against it at first. But I, I just had no idea what the military was like. It just seemed like a, like a crazy idea. Why would, I, why would I even consider that? But, um, you know, I came down for a family trip. I went down to Randolph to see my uncle and I was kind of wrong. He showed me the base, uh, went to the gym, went to the DFAC, just went around. And uh, you could see that there was a community here, right? And the gym was brand new, brand new uh, remodeled. Great facility. The DFAG was also remodeled. So it was a lot of nice, uh, nice facilities. And then just the lifestyle looked, looked like something that might uh, spark my attention. And then I went to his house. You know, house paid off, cars paid off, right? Had a nice, uh, nice career, and that's what it did for him. And then I saw his, his room in his house. He had a room in there, 
full of his decorations, like a heritage room. And I kind of felt, kind of felt connected to that, right? Like it's nice to leave somewhere and like have a, have a career and leave there with something and with recognition. So that kind of, that kind of spun me up and put the Air Force in my mind. And then just getting back to high school, just not too sure what, what road to take, what path to take, like college, like how, like did I want to get into any student loan debt? Did I want to go from a community college to a university? Right, just wasn't too, too sure. And then of course I was interested in flying, but that also takes money. So I realized that the Air Force is probably my best bet. It's probably where most, or all the opportunity would lie. So I decided to make that move. Okay, that's awesome. Well, I can say for, as the command chief, as one of the keepers of the awards, uh, his 1206, his awards write-up, uh, every single bullet under leadership was truly leadership uh, that would have rivaled other non-commissioned officer 1206s. He would have been competitive in the NCO category in addition to doing honor guard and going to school and doing all these other mm -hmm. things. Bio, bio, bio ha, what was the... What was the uh, Air Force level award that you won? That was it was because because it was kind of hidden in there. It's yeah, it's for my career field. Yeah, bioenvironmental engineer. Yes. Airman of the year. He That's was the right. Airman of the year for that, and it was just kind of thrown in there, like, oh, by the way, I'm also this thing. So yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, and then when you meet him, you you see like such a humble young man, such a talented person, um, but you see so much greatness on this other side. It's, it's quite impressive to, to see that. That it really to me as a command chief that the optic matches the write-up. That's always so important, that those two things mesh. Yeah, the performance in person matches the, the write-up and what goes up, I, I agree. The other way I think you can tell, you know, and Chief and I see this all the time, you know when it's the right airman by the way that the airman's peers and supervision react. And so when you get the right airman out front and recognize them, and it was deafening for the annual award ceremony from the med group when he came up to be recognized. It was deafening. There was lots of people that were on their feet clapping because they're proud of him. And it tells you that that person is doing the right thing by their team. I think when we look at these annual awards and we, we talk about this a lot in the Air Force and we have a couple of things in different venues where Chief and I look at some of the accolades that the wing overall has received and earned, they're earned. But what I always like to say about it is it's really that the accolades are one thing, but it's all of the work that's gone into it. It's what's happened underneath to make that happen. It's the airmen that you've grown, the teammates that you've served, the excellence that you bring to the fight, the inspired, proficient, adaptive mindset that we talk about all the time here. And like Chief said, it's really clear. It's evident when when it's the right person, because you, you started that by saying that the person matches the record. It matches the write-up, and then I add that the way your teammates react says it all, and we see that in all the venues that we go in. So it's pretty cool, pretty impressive to watch that. And he's um, also part of the 4.30, 5 a.m. gym club in the morning. <laughs> We're far and few, but he's there every morning getting after it. And not just that, he's also, he also gravitates to other uh, young airmen that are trying to get into fitness, and uh, be, you will never see that in a write-up, but... He's pouring into other folks that are a couple years younger than him, uh, maybe even older, but they look up to him uh, because of the way he carries himself, leads by example. So 
we call we call folks like Scotty uh, household names mm-hmm. around the wing, and it was evident. Uh, but again, I think his response and how his folks respond is we got it right. Yeah, I agree. What what drives you to get up? What's what's your gym motivation, Airman Shoemaker? What do you what gets you out there that early in the morning in the land of the command chief here <laughs> with, the, with the early birds in the gym? What is it? Uh, I would say there's a few things. One of them is you got to challenge the mind or the body so your mind knows how to react to it and can face those challenges as well. Another thing is you got to just work on yourself, right? And that's one way I can develop myself to be better. So I challenge myself and then also I want to like what I see in the mirror, right? Like I want to uh, also feel good so I can project that type of energy out into the open, right? Feel good about myself. And if I get out early in the morning, I know I can set myself out to have a good day. It yeah. all start. It all starts with having that good morning. That's like book. the. That's like the make your bed. That, that's uh, Admiral yeah, McGraven. I thought yeah, that McGraven. immediately. That's Admiral his. McGraven. Instead of instead of just making his bed, he goes and makes the gym's bed. Apparently, <laughs> you can make a lot of beds in the time that you get in between the yeah. time that you get to the gym and then the time that most people wake up. But but that's that's fantastic to hear. I feel like you're having a little mini debrief with yourself every day about how you get better. We. I, we we talked about that in the I, first podcast. That's funny you mentioned that because I actually do. Because at the end of every day, I journal. And I kind of do a debrief for myself. I just put my day up for review. And I just kind of have an interrogation with myself. What did I do right? What can I work on? How did I perform in this area? This sounds familiar. I know somebody who does this. Do you know anybody who does this, Chief? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Name Chief Flores? Yes. Oh, really? I do. Yeah, I do I do mine in the morning. I... I uh, get up at four and while I listen to the news, I journal a little bit mm-hmm. and then I read uh, some devotionals every day. And then at the end of the day, I ask myself, did I actually deliver on my journal? So I do gratitude and then uh, how will I be intentional with it? Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, did I deliver on that intention or not? But I had nowhere near, <laughs> how old are you? 23. I had nowhere near that discipline at 23. So I could only imagine what I would have been at this at this stage. So uh, kudos to you, young man. Kudos. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I mean that's really the spirit of this whole debrief thing. It's what 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 we talked about at the beginning. What happened? Why it happened? And how do you get better? I think y'all's journal experience with that's a little bit of capturing that almost in these these micro debriefs Absolutely. every day, which is really cool concept. And I wanted to ask, you know, your we just asked what motivates you to go to the gym every morning but you know what is your motivation every day to just succeed and to go to work and and just your entire life as a whole what what is your motivation in life that's a good question uh i'll start the external first um my family right they're all looking up to me and i can't let my parents down can't let my grandparents down right every time I kind of catch myself wanting to settle. You know, I think about like what would my family think about this, right? Who am I letting down? And we you kind of put that kind of pressure on you got to perform. And then another thing is when I get to the end of my life, I don't want to leave any untapped potential there, right? I want to squeeze out every ounce that I have and see what I can really do in this life. Right. And I listen to David Goggins a lot, and he kind of talks about that as well uh, in his uh, speeches and his books. But it's true, right? I don't want to get to the get to that in my life and think, what could I have done, right? What opportunities didn't I take? So 
And uh, one of my favorite movies is A Bronx Tale. I'm not sure if you've seen it. Actually, did we talk about this? I think we, might, we did talk we about might, that. We might have talked about this. Uh, Bernard said that. Robert De Niro. He's Robert the bus Niro. driver. Mm-hmm. He tells his son, he says, the worst thing or the saddest thing in life is wasted talent. Hmm. So I want to use all my gifts and all my potential and see if I can make an impact. What can I do? Yeah, that, that's fantastic. That's Chief and I talk about this heart of the lion concept that Major General Wills actually floated to us during one of the one of the engagements he was having with the wing commanders. And I think there is absolutely something to be said about leaving it all on the field, whatever it is you're doing. And it's that, that concept of, you know, we call it go for broke in, yep. in this job, but it's a, what do you call it? Go for broke, leave it all on the field or. Big Air Force calls it excellence in all we do. Excellence in all we do. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's important to think about that. Fly, fight and win. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's what it's going to take to win to really win. And that's what we need our airmen prepared to do. And I think part of what you're doing is mm-hmm. you're, you're lifting the rest of your team up this, with this idea. And there's, of course, there's a component of, of your personal growth behind it. Mm-hmm. But I think the more important part is the value that it has for your team. And I don't know if you've thought about it through, through that lens yet, but, mm-hmm. but when you, as you continue to serve in our Air Force, and as you get more responsibility and your breadth of leadership expands, you're gonna find that this fulfillment, these fulfillments that you get in your personal growth are gonna be even more amplified through your team's growth. And that's the really special thing. Mm-hmm. That's that's the essence of, of team leadership and the coaching component of what it is we have the privilege of doing. Did, so. did you play any sports in high school or basketball? Okay. Mm-hmm. So you learned that early. So I got to ask, cause I know we've talked a little bit, of, uh, because some of your future potential plans, yes, uh, where you want to go. Um, obviously you're very talented, uh, but it also, we, we have to make sure that we're doing our part, uh, to cultivate that talent. Uh, tell us about your first supervisor and maybe how instrumental he might, uh, have been or may not have been to show mm-hmm. you how things are done. My first supervisor, he was only my supervisor for about three, three, four months, but very sharp, very sharp. But he definitely taught me a lot, but I would have to give more credit to my next supervisor, the one I spent more time with. And that's somebody who got to know me and really understand my personality and my just style of learning and style of work. And he was a little bit more hands-off with me. Hands-on where he needed to be, but hands-off where he knew I got it, where he knew I was a competent at. So I have to give a lot of credit to that person. They empowered me in certain situations and then gave me some uh, more mentorship where I needed in other areas. You want to give a shout out? (laughs) Sergeant Brian Rupert. Actually, I shouted him out uh, one time before at ALS. Nice. uh, Yeah, he, he did a lot for my growth and I'm forever grateful for that. Yeah, I think the mm-hmm. idea that somebody may be out there listening and it puts that that inspiration back to them and that's that'll keep him reinforcing those great behaviors that he that he clearly has and the mark that he left and mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff that, that keeps us going for sure. It's pretty incredible. Great story. You bring up a, something that's near and dear to, to our hearts that we all we're always trying to balance and recently I learned it's actually a polarity. Uh, things that you could never completely solve but uh, you can only leverage one side or the other. Control versus 
empowerment. Mm -hmm. How would you say we, we should best leverage that with young airmen to keep them feeling like we're giving them leadership opportunities, but also to uh, make sure that uh, they fail, we, we go along right with them and not set them up for failure? That's a good question. Um, it's really getting to know your people, right? And just seeing where their strengths lie. If you can understand where their strong suits are, you gotta keep putting them in positions to where they can succeed, right? Don't put them in areas where they need to work on right away, right? Kind of have private sessions with them to work on those and get those things sharpened up, but put them in positions where they're already strong at and keep building on those strengths while trying to also work on those weaknesses, but really let them thrive in their strengths and then teach them, teach them where they can uh, improve at. Yeah, I think, I think you're hitting on, I, I love this thread and I'm turning it just slightly in a different direction, but we, we had some sports analogies, but there's a coaching component to this. And you think about how coaches move their teams and move their players. Coaches don't throw their, don't throw their players out on a team unprepared. They, they log the reps in practice and they figure out who's got the strengths and weaknesses. And then they put the, ultimately they're trying to get the right player on the right field at the right time. And I love the coaching idea. I, I think that we could learn a lot from that concept. Mm -hmm. I, I, we, we, we lean on that as, as leaders in our, in our Air Force. But the, the other part about coaching is, you know, coaches are tough. They don't, they don't always, they don't go the easy route. They're going to, mm -hmm. they're going to, they know how to do exactly what you said, which is push that player enough to where they're growing but they have the basic preparations necessary to be successful. Um, and, yes. and sometimes we confuse, and this will get into your, your, your vegetables and milkshakes discussion. I'd love to hear you pull this thread so, so our good airman shoemaker can hear this, but it, it's not about taking the easy path and being easy on people. Coaches push hard and they push their team sometimes right up to that limit and they, the good coaches know where that limit is. And that's where you see that potential where it lies at. Bingo. Bingo. Absolutely. I think you've heard me say this before, sir. Uh, sometimes people mistaking a coach with being a cheerleader. Mm -hmm. uh, supervisors or just folks that advocate at all costs because they think uh, this is what a good supervisor does versus a coach where they hold people accountable, but they're also compassionate versus mm -hmm. advocate at all costs. Or, or try to make it easy on their teammates at all costs. And it's not always about being easy. There's things that we should do to, that's just good, solid taking care of our airmen, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's not the easy answer. Sometimes it's growth through challenging situations and holding them accountable and holding a very high standard. And when you think about coaches, boy, you know, good coaches on, on the field hold an incredibly high standard and they hold and maintain accountability too. And guess what else they give? Feedback usually pretty immediate. And sometimes it's a little sharp elbows, but it's the feedback that's needed to drive that grit in the team and a grit in the player. Absolutely. And every player is a little bit different to your point. And I think full circle on this is like Shoemaker said, I mean, Shoemaker said is knowing that person and knowing a little bit about who that teammate is and, and what they need in their growth. And that's, that's the part Chief and I spend a lot of time talking about is how do we how do we figure that out? How do you figure out what makes that airman tick? Yeah, taking an individualized approach to each person. Yep. That's something I learned early on. Yes, sir. Yeah, and we, we said in the very first one, and I think too, so when you're 
in chief's position one day or my position one day or wherever you're at in your leadership journey is also letting them get to know a little bit about you too. They need that connection too. So they understand who this person is that's asking them to do these things. Yes. So it's funny because when we started this podcast, it's really to get get to know Ermi Shoemaker more, but it, to me, it's almost like the value of a coach coach approach mm-hmm. uh, to leadership. Would you say you've had more coaches uh, than cheerleaders uh, in the short time you've been in so far? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Each, uh, you told me to shout out my a supervisor, but really I owe my whole team a thank you. Each person has been in that office. Nice. And all of them were good. Some of them were great. But I learned a lot from each one. And each one, there's a small net flight. Each one of us, or each one of them got to know us, right? So they knew exactly where we thrived, where we didn't, what we needed more work on, and what got us to work a little bit harder, and what uh, they could tell uh, if we were off one day or not, right? So I definitely have had more coaches because they've held us accountable, right? They they saw something in us to to develop us in a certain way, especially some of the opportunities I got thrown on early, right? Stuff I didn't necessarily want to do, but I knew I'd be better for it. And took that, or took having that coach to explain that, visualize in a way that I could understand at my level. So, absolutely. And hearing it from an airman's perspective, it's interesting that in the last three minutes you brought up give someone in their individuality, but it's about the team. Mm-hmm. How would you say it's best to balance that for our new, for our new NCOs uh, to be able to do that for a young person still trying to figure out their Air Force, Air Force life out? Can you kind of rephrase the question one more time? Yeah, because well, you saying, mentioned you yeah, mentioned individuality, mm-hmm. and then in the next breath, uh, it's about the team, mm-hmm. right? And I think sometimes people are mistaken. Uh, how do you make it not about you I'll still respect individuality, but bring someone into the team. It's definitely easier for someone that's played sports, like team sports that has that locker room mindset. But for somebody that doesn't, you kind of got to get them to understand that if uh, you don't pull your own weight, right, the team's not going to succeed. But you kind of got to get somebody to buy into it. Because if they're not a people person or somebody of compassion, it's a little bit harder. It's more of a challenge to get them to actually care about other people. So it's, it's going to take a lot more digging to get to know them, but there's going to be a certain way to, a certain way that you explain why it's important. And maybe that's still trial and error. Maybe the team's got to fail a little bit. And you got to express them the importance of pulling their own weight. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. Well said. I like this. And this takes us down this conversation about failure and there's been a lot of discussion about this recently in terms of how do we as, as an Air Force, what do we mean by that? What do we, what do we mean when we say we'll accept failure? And so what I always offer is when it comes to fly, fight, and win, and we're talking about our mission, our mission, you know, we, we don't accept that we will fail in our mission. Now, what we, what we talk about, and I think the conversation we're having sometimes when we get into the nitty gritty of this is, um, whether individuals in their journey are going to stumble. And I think the idea that individuals in their journey are going to stumble is accurate. And I think we should expect that somebody at some point on your team to the right and left of you are probably going to stumble. The key though is 
that if it's this guy on my left or you on my right, that when I do stumble and when I do have that, that failure, mm -hmm. you're going to grab me and you're going to carry me and you're going to carry me by my body armor if that's what it takes. Right. And so that's when we say, you know, we will accept some failure. We mean one of two things. We mean that nobody's perfect. So we're going to, you know, we're going to stumble along the way as people, as humans. Got it. And that's why we're there mm -hmm. to back each other up. The other thing is what we're probably saying in that conversation is we're in a learning mode. We're in a learning orientation. It's not game time. It's practice. Think of the difference between that. Are you going to fail in practice for name your sport? Absolutely. Are you going to get it wrong? Probably many times. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But that's much different than saying when it's game time, we're going to come onto the field and be prepared to lose. That's a non-starter. So I think that's mm -hmm. the conversation we're trying to have with our, with our airmen. And I saw you, you were thinking about something there. Oh yeah. It's thinking about, yeah, failure is just a part of, part of life, a part of the process. You know, you're talking about failure and I'm thinking about it right now too, right? Like I had a lot of failures, right? You've had a lot of fail failures mm -hmm. to get to where you're at mm -hmm. in your seat. And sometimes people don't see that. So you go back to that vulnerability piece of letting your airmen or your people get to know you. You got to let them know you're human too. Absolutely. Right? So even just something as simple as my airmen asking me about a CDC question or something that has to do with their job. I don't know it all, right? But I got to let them understand that, hey... I, let's learn this together, right? I, for, I forgot how to do this. I'm not proficient on this. Let's learn this together, right? I don't have it all figured out. And I think that's the piece, right? Like us as leaders and get into those future roles, we got to understand. Yeah. Like, hey, we don't know it all, right? And but we, the fail, team, we fail all the but time, But the right? team, but the team will. And it's that whole thing, you know, you practice with your team so that you can't get it wrong. That's how much you practice. And that's, mm -hmm. that's the kind of Air Force when we talk about fly, fight, and win. That's what we're talking about there. You know, we're talking about putting in the reps ahead of time so that when it's game time, we're going to go out there and we're, we're going to bring home the W. And we need to be able to do that. And uh, that, that's the heart of the line stuff. That puts fire in my belly. To, it's a responsibility that we have. It, it's a great responsibility, but it's, but it's also inspiring to think that that's what we're empowered to do is go get our team ready. And also, what I sense also is that uh, failure – you're willing to take a little more risk when you know leadership has your back. Nice. And one of the greatest quotes I've heard uh, was, I'm going to give you enough rope to hang both of us with. Mm -hmm. Not just you, both of us. And I think that's powerful when a leader is willing to put themselves out there uh, for their airmen to allow some, uh, some decision space uh, in a learning environment yeah. to make sure folks can get sharper and really gain the confidence they need when Absolutely. we do go to the high end fight. And when you're in the operational environment, then there's mutual trust and that you're trained to, to a level where you can go operate and make those decisions at the lowest level. And that's exactly what we want. Yep. Hey, I noticed Airman Jance brought a coffee cup with him. So yeah, looks, you did. He looks very <laughs> official in this podcast. You do. Yeah, I, I, I learned. I was like, you know what? There's a lot of other podcasts out there. You know, they, they got their special little table items. I figured, you know what? I'm bringing a little bit of home. I got Minnesota. my Minnesota 10,000 yeah. Lakes coffee mug. Shout out uh, Soda Clothing, clothing Company. <laughs> and that's 10,000 frozen lakes when it comes to hockey season. Oh, yeah. That oh, you yeah. can get out there and go skate around on a deep Yeah, that's, that's the best thing about going back to Minnesota in the winter. Some Most people will probably be like, you're crazy. But uh, me, I, I want to go back to Minnesota in wintertime and that's a throwback, so our listeners need to go back to the first podcast one. and catch up and then go back to episode two so you know what we're talking about. So we, 
where you put that little hook in so there. So is that like a mid hanger instead of yeah, a hip hanger? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right in the middle. It's a hook. Yeah. You gotta get you a sponsor off that. You're right. No hashtag no free ads. <laughs> but uh you know what? We if we can go I wanna pull on one last thread. Uh, and if it's okay and you're comfortable sharing, you know, some of your short term and long term goals. Uh, while you're in the Air Force and, and after the Air Force? Short-term goal, big one. I think everybody in this room knows it. Uh, get accepted into OTS. Get that pilot slot. No! <laughs> Short-term short short goal. Uh, Long-term goal would, to, would be to get there, uh, go to EPT, get that all figured out, and and really just have a fulfilling career and get to a point where I can retire. But I really, I really don't know if, uh, if I'm going to want to stay in or get out. I got to see what it feels like to be at that level in that community. But I want to get to a point where just financially free, financially stable, and I have options, options on the outside where maybe I can go to the airlines, open my own business, but just comfortable to where I can look back and be proud of everything I've done and know that I put in, left it all on the table. And then kind of still in a place where I feel like there's more, right? So my long-term goal is really to make it to the end of this career and see what's next for me. Cause I know there's gonna be a new challenge and I wanna be ready for that challenge when it comes. That's awesome. One of the things that people in your position where you are, you have this vision for yourself and these short and long-term goals, what I say the path to success on that in the Air Force is never take the first no. And you're probably going to have to stick through maybe even a second or a third no. Mm -hmm. And then the other part behind that is uh, be really, really good at the job you're doing right now. That's the, that's the way to get to where you're ultimately trying to get. And I think if you grow where you're planted, that grow where you're planted concept is a really powerful concept. Mm -hmm. And in your case, that's exactly what you've done. So you've just brought that excellence in everything you do. The service before self, I think, is is really evident mm -hmm. uh, across the board in all these conversations we've had today. Mm -hmm. And that integrity, and and I think you've you've got a lot of that deep down inside that integrity of, of doing the right thing, and many elements of that. But I, I see it radiating out of you. I would, uh -huh. I, I happen to know we we had a, a conversation. Um, Ramon Shoemaker shared some of his goals with me. And there, there is a, there, you, you have a role model and a driver, I think that's also that you haven't hit on yet that, that you're really, that you're really, you have an ideal role model in mind. Can, are you comfortable sharing anything about that? Uh, sure, yep. yeah. That role model is my father. Yep. Just somebody to definitely look up to, right? Especially speaking uh, in the macro, somebody who taught me a lot inadvertently about leadership as well as directly and somebody who taught me early on the meaning of sacrifice and doing, doing uh, sacrificing it all for who you love and what you like to do. And he definitely did that for me. And I, I, when I was writing that leadership statement for my package, just no other person I could think of that would be better fit to talk about. And when I talk about just being successful where I am right now, and having all these leadership principles that I know and some of the wisdom that's been imparted on me, it's definitely been through him, been through my father, right?
My mother as well taught me a lot as well. I don't want to leave her out of this because she will listen to me. <laughs> good, good man, good man. That's great. But having my, that role my, model. My, my, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because he was a manager at a hotel, very, very decorated. They would win awards left and right. But it was going back to that 360 assessment of him. His bosses, his peers, his coworkers, even uh, people at the bottom. Don't like to use the word subordinates, but his teammates at the bottom, right? All respected him. All wanted to work directly for him. And, you know, that was really what I was trying to get after here, right? And it's a really hard task because how can you develop and cultivate an environment where everybody wants to be a part of that team? And if you leave, people want to leave with you, right? They don't want you to go. And people just love showing up, right? Just love being there in the environment. So that was my inspiration. And I try to emulate that every day, but it's tough. I'm like, how did you do it? <laughs> right? But That's yeah, powerful. Powerful stuff. That came up a little bit in our debrief. We talked about role models and the importance of that. And it's just a, it's just a, a great story. And I love that there's this, you've got this this person that that will will drive you and will will be that source of inspiration for you to to lead teams in a in a in a very very special way mm-hmm. so that's great and whatever it is i think for anybody out mm-hmm. there it's who who is it and uh, or it could be multiple people for some people mm-hmm. and maybe a conglomeration of people for others but for you it's just a, a beautiful i think really and, precious and one more thing too yeah. Yeah, he also had that leadership award named after him so in the company NHG, Newport Hospitality Group, uh, there's a general manager of the year award that goes out. And they actually named it after him because he was the only general manager to win it twice over. So having somebody who has a, who's a real role model who's won a, or has a leadership award named after them, that's some tough shoes to fill. But I know what I got to do. I got to get after it. So. I think you're doing pretty well for yourself. I think Pops would be very, very happy mm-hmm. and proud of you right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think you're... You're taking all the right steps, and it sounds like, sounds like you've, you've hit the essence of, of that kind of selfless leadership that you're seeing, and it's, uh, it's inspiring stuff, it really is. And I mean, with that, we're kind of wrapping up, wrapping up the show this week. Uh, I mean, do you guys have any last closing uh, remarks you guys would like to say while we have uh, Airman Shoemaker on the podcast? Like, I'm glad I'm glad you came out. Thanks for thanks for <laughs> responding to our shout out first of all. But I think Absolutely. getting you here front and center and and less of us and more of y'all is perfect. That's exactly what we were thinking. And I think there was a lot of debris going on here. Well, there's plenty. And again. Episode one revolving around me and, and Colonel Baker to have one of our youngest junior enlisted airmen. That's the thing. A lot of folks out there understand this is a young airman uh, that's been in the Air Force how long so far? Four years. Four years and already sounding this polished. It's so impressive. Uh, testament to my small mighty town. We didn't even mention <laughs> yeah. a shout out to the, yeah. the amazing medical, <laughs> medical group. group. Yeah. They're growing them good. They're growing them good over there. We, yes. Something in the soil. We call them, we call them small but mighty town over there. We got that when, when uh, I went for the new commander's orientation over to the medical group. And I heard small but mighty like a hundred times. <laughs> yep. And finally I just said, well, well, clearly we're in small but mighty town. But uh, there's not a lot of small going on over there. There's, there's a lot of people punching way above their weight and, 
You're an exemplary airman from an exemplary organization. And I think we've seen that just on display here, all the elements of the things in our vision for this wing that we talk about all the time, the inspired airmen, which is what's, what's inside that passion for doing your job and serving your team and knowing you're gonna to come to a place where you can be the best airman you can be, the unquestionably proficient, like you, you hit all of those things throughout this entire debrief that we were doing and, and talk about proficiency and being good at, dang good at your job. It's so clear that it's there. And then adaptive, like what's next? What, what's going to get thrown at me? You know, what is that? Leave it all on the field and, mm -hmm. and be ready for the next thing. It's all, it's all in there. And so, I mean, it's inspiring for us. It's inspiring for me, Chief. I know it is for you too. And yeah, I bet it's inspiring for our airmen. We met with the FTAC class this morning, actually this afternoon, and they've all been in about six months or less. And to think that in three and a half years, they could potentially be in your shoes. I think they can see themselves in other airmen uh, like you and Airman Jantz. Uh, I think that's really where I hope our folks listening uh, can see like, wow, I, that could be me too. And there's no reason, uh, just hard work and commitment. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks. Um, thanks to you for coming in, Airman Jantz. Thanks for being our host. With this coffee cup. No, or, with, with your coffee cup in your Minnesota <laughs> land of 10,000 lakes, <laughs> frozen most of the year, yeah, part yeah. of the year. Yeah. And, uh, I'll leave a quote. Yes, please. Of course. Yeah, yes. you're our guest. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> yes. we uh, I wanted to read. give him one. Always <laughs> defer yeah. to the guest yeah. of honor for final comments. Yeah. Yeah. And all yeah. of the next guests are going to know that it's really your show. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. We didn't tell you that coming. <laughs> all right. Just want to make, just want to make sure. Um, uh, there's, there's a perspective on this base that some people have, right? There's not a lot to do, not a lot in this area. But what I found here is that this is the place of opportunity. It truly is. Um, you know, they say the world is yours. It really could be, right? You just gotta look at everything here from a different lens, right? There's so much opportunity. And if I wasn't at this base, I don't know if I would be in a position like this, honestly, right? That's why I gotta come from a place of gratitude, look at the external factor. And um, I wanted to say just a few, just a few things. Had a, had a couple of things written down that I wanna just touch. And that's make your circumstance or situation benefit you in any situation or circumstance you're in. Because you don't control what you go into, but you control how you react to it. You control what handle you're going to pull. You got to pull that smooth handle. The handle is going to empower you and make you better. But you got to do it in a righteous manner when I say benefit you. So it's got to be righteous and that will come back to get you. And, and here's the one I learned from. I got to shout him out. Uh, Senior Sinclair West is somebody who's taken me under his wing since I've been here and taught me more things than I can just imagine. When I'm when I'm feeling kind of kind of high, right? Like I know some stuff, I have a conversation with him. Puts me right back to where I need to be, both feet on the ground. So with that, just remain grounded and use the word humble, but I prefer the word grounded, right? And that's that's my favorite word. And one way I try to do that is. I don't get in too invested in the highs or the lows. And I try to accept the good that comes without arrogance and just let the bad go with indifference. Try to find that middle ground to stay focused. And I don't want to pull any too, too much threads, but uh, one thing I do here, and I, it's probably clear to you guys, it's I just try to add value wherever I go. 
it's uh and it's something I learned from my father, right? It's why would you want to be somewhere and not do that, right? Not make it a better place. So that's something I try to do everywhere I go, any situation. And understand what, what that value is that you bring, but yeah, I try to try to do that. But I think think that's it. I actually had a question for each of you, but I'm not sure if we have enough time. Yeah, as much you're the guest yeah, of honor. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 as okay. much time as you want. Okay, because I could talk forever. So I just want to make sure we stay on stay on uh, schedule. But my question to each of you is, if you could describe yourself as one of the four elements, what would it be? Earth, fire, air, and water. If you could describe yourself as one. That's a really good question. Mine's know. pretty obvious. I'll let the boss. <laughs> I know which one you are. <laughs> mm. Do you want me to guess on yours while Jance is thinking about it? Please, sir. You're yeah. going to say fire, aren't you? Absolutely. I knew it. And I don't want to be fire, but that's, I, I can't run from it. That's what I am. What do you think I would say? You're going to know which one I am, too. Earth. 100%. Why do you say that? Because you're just like Eric Shoemaker said, you are the epitome of being grounded. Uh, the way you describe yourself, the way uh, even delivering great news to the entire wing, you see it as grandstanding. And it's not because it's grandstanding, but because you think you're going to come off as this holier-than-thou person. Uh, just amazing to watch you in action, sir, every day and how uh, you don't want the spotlight. You'd rather put it on other folks like Ermy Jantz and Ermy Shoemaker here. Hey, I, I appreciate that. Um, and I'll, I'll go on him because I know you're still thinking over here, Jantz. Yeah. On the on the fire piece, but what if I could if I could uh, paint this picture? What's really going to matter in this conversation after I talk about fire is what you're going to see is there's balance here, and so uh, by fire that chief chief is is definitely the move out and execute person. When you look at his whole career from 82nd Airborne guy turned defender turned boom operator turned sensor operator and back to boom operator and command chief. So when you look at that, you're going to see that consistent, consistent theme. And that is immensely valuable to an organization, especially when it's done in a mature way that uh, garners respect from teammates. So, so when you see you've got some earth and fire here that are really in collective balance. And it's a great, it's, it's a super interesting question. I think it's kind of cool that we both answered that without we we did not plan this. There were no read aheads for this or anything like that. But we um, have to be careful though, because we can we could probably do scorched earth. No one wants that. Oh no. <laughs> hey, Jess, what you got? Uh, after pondering, <laughs> I'm still laughing about that. We are not doing scorched earth. We're not doing no, scorched earth. We have a nice a nicely warmed earth. My my short and sweet answer would be water because it's fluid and flexible and whatever is thrown at me, whatever situation and life and work, I can just be fluid and flexible with it. You know, life is chaotic, you know, you never know what's gonna be thrown at you and you just gotta work through it, you know, work around it, work through it, whatever you need. So short and sweet water. I totally see that. that chance. And you will not let it drown you. I'm impressed. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you going to go? Do you have one saved up? Sure. Every uh, shoemaker? Can I get your opinion first? Ooh. Hmm. He's grounded. I can see earth. talking about grounding. He's grounded. Earth or water. I can see some fire in there too, though. If I had to pick just one, I'd, I'd say fire. You'd say 
Do we have to pick just one? How, tell us the rules. I was to about your, to say, jokes on us. Your. You're Avatar: The Last Airbender. <laughs> <laughs> You're the Avatar. <laughs> I think Earth is all four combined, mm -hmm. right? Because I do, mm -hmm. I do see some fire in myself. I do see some Earth. I do, or I do see some water. I do see some air. All right. Just depends on um, what the stakes are, what the mood is. But I think ultimately it would be Earth, just because I find a balance between all four elements at once. So it's a trick question. It was. Nope. Right? But this is Holy a very Tesla-friendly conversation. Yeah. We're talking about the elements. <laughs> Just to get a feel for a little bit different approach to yeah, getting fun. to know you. Right? That's fun. That's good. Mm -hmm. And of course, you drop philosophy on us. We love it. Yeah. Absolutely. You got your, your lineup over there. Just just wait till, till you're a command chief or a colonel one day. You're going to have about a thousand pages of stuff. <laughs> you're going to have to start a podcast and call it the rebrief. Absolutely. But talk about fire for effect. Remember, Jance, what, what, do you, what you got for us? Uh, well, by the way, future guests, now, you know, the bar has been set. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you've yeah. got to come with at least one question for the command team <laughs> yeah, and myself. Absolutely. They better bring the fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Don't burn anything, though. No, but keep it all in balance. <laughs> yeah. Be the earth. Yeah. But, uh, just to top it off again, uh, you know, we really appreciate you coming on, uh, Scotty, and uh, the command team. It's always a pleasure, you know, having you guys on here and the wisdom and the knowledge that's just passed down, you know, and Scotty, you educating us too you know we're we're yeah. all taking something away from this Absolutely. and and that's certainly what we hope our audience does too uh, and i think we really got down to some nitty-gritty stuff here uh, mm. and we appreciate you coming on i'm just here to add value to the conversation well you did yeah. check and it was a lot of fun in the process y'all it was i uh, really enjoyed it enjoyed the, the i don't know how long we went for um airman jance but it felt like a, a few minutes at least to me yeah. so i was having a heck of a lot of fun doing this so thanks, yeah. And I would call that a wrap That's on a wrap. episode two <laughs> right. of the debrief. Thank you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, David. Thank